welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Welcome to On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. Hope you're well. Uh, we go over the latest round of results in terms of the Barclays Women's Championship. We look at the WSL briefly and a very short question on the Premier League. Uh, I visited a game, as I do. I was at the Valley uh, this round of games watching Charlton Athletic Women take on Crystal Palace. Both teams went into this game on good form. Charlton with a 1-0 win away to Blackburn and Crystal Palace with a devastating win against London City Lionesses. One would think that would have been the precursor to a knockout blow, but more on that later. So in terms of this game, uh, the possible key players before kickoff that I identified were Annabelle Blanchard and Carla Humphreys. Uh, this game saw the return of Laura Kaminsky to Charlton as a head coach in her own right, you know, after spending some time there as, the, as part of the coaching staff. And for Crystal Palace, uh, Araya Dennis, in her teenage years, started for Crystal Palace in an advanced position because they have her down as a defender. And she is definitely one to look out for in the future. This game was filled with great goals, robust tackles, and a rivalry which went beyond just obtaining three points. Bragging rights were the order of the day ahead of another international break. Yes, another international break. So, although uh, Palace started well with a relatively high line, Charlton quickly grew in confidence and gained control of the game. Early on in the first half, there was a break for Charlton, which saw a Yeezy drive towards the box, but her cross shot fell to find a teammate or pose a real threat. Uh, this was followed by another attack down the Palace right, which saw Kaylee Green fizz a pass inside, but Ayisi's flick was beyond a fellow red shirt. Uh, we saw Addison drive towards goal, but the ref was well placed to wave away her tumble, uh, but she was quick to get up. Uh, tenacity showed and she regained control of the ball in a very dangerous area. These were all key signs for Charlton that they were up for the battle, up for the fight, and were definitely desperate to put on a good performance in front of their home crowd. Charlton's great switch of play to McKenna, uh, a Yeezy's body of strength, and a body check, right, which drew the ooh from the crowd, was just great to see. Another chance gone for Charlton, and again, you could see probably that they were kind of ruining those missed chances and ruining those missed opportunities because they literally had a vice-like grip on the game. It would take a superb skip and a drag back from Ayisi and the forward pass that she played could not be cut out. Addison's movement towards the ball and her first time shot, which couldn't be stopped, meant that Charlton led by her fantastic left foot. Uh, in contrast, the first meaningful shot on targets for Crystal Palace by Blanchard arrived around the 20th minute mark, or maybe just before. So, Charlton had the bulk of the game. Crystal Palace was still trying to find their feet. So, 20 minutes in, they're probably wondering why they hadn't clicked. This is a team that dispatched six goals in their previous game. They've been playing really well but Charlton in front of their home fans, and this is kind of key, were bossing it in terms of possession. 
Uh, and, and in terms of uh, who was loud and proud, the Palace fans were in very good form and they were in very good form throughout the game. I salute you. I do. Uh, Palace would find a way back, though, after a great strike by Dennis, which struck the bar. And uh, their fellow striker, Hughes, was quick and alert to follow up and head home the equaliser into the corner. A brief shift in momentum for Palace in the first half. Um, the question that I do have, which was kind of puzzled and put to me as well, did I see what was happening? And there was a moment in the first half when a Palace player clearly played the ball back to the keeper. And I don't know what's going on with the back pass laws. I mean, is it still considered a thing? If a defender plays the ball back to a keeper and they pick it up, do people really still call out for a free kick or a penalty? I don't know, because the rules change so frequently. This one, I'm puzzled about, because it was a definite pass back. It wasn't an accidental knockback. It was a pass back and the keeper picked it up. Anyway, five minutes before halftime, um, Charlton take the lead again, followed by um which is you know which is a fantastic free kick and again a question i have to ask crystal palace they're not a small team they've, they've got players of height didn't deal with the cross the header by kaylee green kisses the netting so charlton lead and you know you think that they're going to go in at the half time feeling comfortable but crystal palace aren't despondent and they continue to press and charlton's failure to deal with a corner the ball falls to Dennis, and she had been a pain, and it was, I was going to say menace, but a pain uh, to the Charlton defence, and her long-range effort glides over the head of the Charlton keeper. It's all square at halftime. So there was lots to think about in terms of both teams. It had been a great game up until this point, and it was a great game overall, but there was a definite shift in terms of the pace and intensity in the second half, because both teams put a lot in to that first half. I mean, it was tough tackling throughout and they were robust and their possession of play was absolutely good, really good. But in the second half, we witnessed a number of inaccurate passes, probably due to the sun for some of those players that were facing the sun in that quadrant of the pitch. Um, the effort may not have been the same because they were leggy again. Energy levels may have dropped a little bit. And that's what it looked like from where I was sitting up in the gods. But I was glad to be there. So if the half could be described as more controlled but lacking in attention, this could be it. We did see driving runs towards each goal from Sharp for Palace and for a YC for Charlton. And there is one thing that which I did notice for Crystal Palace in terms of their attack. Sharp on the left was crying out for the ball and so many occasions even the midfield player or the defender saw the pass on and went in the opposite direction. As a player who's playing out wide, it's absolutely frustrating. Benefited Charlton, but in terms of Crystal Palace, they didn't utilise Sharp enough when it came to the attack down the flank. Anyway, a measure of the number of attacks for the home team, well, you just had to count how many times they were flagged offside. Simples. A very, very frustrating fee for the coaching staff if your players keep being flagged offside. Maybe the linesman was being, or assistant referee was being a little bit too harsh, but you just never know. Uh, so, you know, there was a break around about 20 minutes before the end of the game. And then you see really lengthy conversations with both of the coaching team, which is, is good to see because they're able to kind of reset and get things going again. And I could see 
um, Charlton manager talking to Ayisi, and I'm thinking maybe she's coming off, maybe she's tiring, but no. And the substitution is made at some point, and Humphreys is making the way off as a sub. And I was like, what? Why her? Come on, Karen. Come on. But I was humbled. I was kept quiet because the super finish from the sub Mel Johnson told me to keep quiet because I know nothing Rodney Cyrus. I don't know anything. Charlton led again. And with that, they were able to hold on to the late challenge and charge from the Palace team, who were no doubt desperate not to lose their winning streak. Charlton were the victors on the day. A fabulous game on a sunny Sunday afternoon in the autumn. It's what makes football. And now for the rest of the results in the Barclays Women's Championship, but just after this. Okay, so we'll go through the results for the Barclays Women's Championship. We see Lewis were at home and they lose again, unfortunately, to the table toppers, the lasses, Sunderland winning by two clear goals. Deer and Westrup for them. The lasses, who knew? Big things are happening. We'll see what happens in the next game, next round of games. But Sunderland, they're going to be really happy and their fans are going to be super happy. Uh, Durham at home to Blackburn Rovers. Uh, Durham win by two goals for 2-1. Um, Noonan with both goals. Uh, Toland for Rovers. Uh, Reading, Recently with the WSL, the Barclays WSL, no doubt, with one goal, Sheffield United with three. Hodson, Goodwin and Newsham for them. So that's good for Sheffield United, considering the recent news that they've had to contend with and the loss of a very, very dear player. London City Lionesses, who I have followed uh, extensively uh, over uh, the number of seasons that I've been covering the Barclays Women's Championship, one. Southampton, who everyone thinks is going to go up, nil. What a result for London City Lionesses. They took one hell of a beating in the last round of games and it's a wake-up call. Good to see that their midfield are getting on on the score sheet. Goal from Lois Joel in the first half. It was probably, you know, backs against the wall, bodies on the line and all of that stuff. But a valuable three points as they are positioned in a very different position than they were last season in the table. Uh, away from them, Birmingham City, who everyone thought was going to be, you know, running away with things at the beginning, along with Southampton, because they've got they had such a good finish towards the end of last season and got a good team. Birmingham 5, Watford 2. Fuso on loan from Manchester United, I believe, with the first. Lily Ag, the Ag, with a penalty. Devlin, Smith and Mason with their goals and uh, Carla Johns and Leon for Watford. So uh, not a happy trip for Watford away, happy home debut or game for Birmingham. Great for them. And as we talked about at the beginning, it was Charlton 3, Crystal Palace 2, Addison, Philby, Johnson, Hughes and Dennis. And I mean, there were some great goals. Addison's goal, great. Uh, Dennis's goal, great. Johnson's goal. I mean, I can't work out how she even scored that goal, honestly. Just bizarre honestly bizarre so in terms of the table uh Sunderland are sitting top um five wins three draws no losses uh points on the board 18 behind them is Southampton who will probably be thinking how did that happen and they've lost three games already Charlton with eight games played sitting in third place but just behind them 
Crystal Palace. Don't be deflated, Crystal Palace. One point in it, but only a game less played. So it's still there and thereabouts. Blackburn, who were doing great things a few weeks ago. Now, you know, they're sitting fifth because they've lost four games. It's not good for them. Birmingham are moving on the right way up. They've got great goal difference after their last game. It's good for them. Mid-table-ish, Durham, Sheffield United, all with 10, all above in the double digits. But Reading, London City, Lionesses, Watford and Lewis, all at the wrong end. And Watford and Lewis with four points. London City, Lionesses needed that win. Needed it. They've got eight points in the bag now. So it's really interesting at that, that part of the table where, you know, we don't want to mention the R word yet, but it's there. It's real. It's happening. So everyone in that league needs to go and get themselves ship shape and fast. Uh, let's go over to the big, the big league that everyone's covering, the Barclays Women's Super League. After this. Go big, go big. Uh, Barclays Women's Super League, there's go big, big scores. Manchester United, five. Everton, nil, nil point. Manchester United going big with that score. Well done to Manchester United. Tottenham, what's going on, Tottenham? Aston Villa, two, Tottenham, four. What's going on, Tottenham? What's going on? It's a Spurs theme later on. So I'm saying, what's going on, Tottenham? What? Leicester, nil. Manchester United, oh, Manchester United, Manchester City won. Slip of the tongue, forgive me. Uh, Chelsea four, Brighton two. I believe Brighton scored first and therefore they saw the rough or poke the bear, as they say. So Chelsea came out on top there. Liverpool away to West Ham. Uh, the old manager returning to his previous club, uh, won all there. And Bristol City won Arsenal two. And it's a, it's a very good scoreline for Bristol because I think the last time they played Arsenal in the WSL, I believe the scoreline was a lot different. I think it was probably six or seven goals. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. I can, I, if you want to correct me, you can, but I may be wrong. I haven't checked. So at the top of the WSL, Barclays WSL, Manchester City sitting top, Chelsea just behind. Uh, Spurs, one point behind in third place for them. Manchester United in, on eight points in fourth place. And Leicester City as well, seven. Liverpool, seven points. Arsenal, seven points. It's really interesting in the WSL this season at the top. Interesting and good to see Spurs there, you know, because they've had some good players and they seem to be doing really well. Good for them, what's going on. Thomas, I believe, there now up front for them, scoring goals. Happy days. Uh, Brighton with uh, Mel Phillips, former of London City Lionesses, kind of having a kind of a, a little bit of a wobbly start. But the shock of the WSL, considering what they were like last season, Aston Villa women, whoa, too close to the exit, too close. Great manager, great bunch of players, just haven't had the rub of the green. Nil point, four games. Now, if there was ever a time not to have an international break or to have one, it's now because you really need to have your players around and get amongst them and think, what's going on? The players have got to sort this out. I'm sure the manager or head coach is going to sort that out and their, their coaching team. They've got good players there. It just hasn't gone their way and it's not looking good. 
the only saving grace for Aston Villa is Bristol. That's how bad it is. And that's saying something. Bristol is the saving grace. Uh, one more thing to do before we round up. We're going to have a quick question on the Premier League as to what is possible. Now, Premier League, okay? Everyone knows about the Premier League. Everyone talks about Manchester City and Pep and how great things are and Chelsea have splashed the cash. They've got an owner who thought he was buying a Monopoly board and he's just spending money everywhere. Manchester United fans moaning because they've got owners that they don't like and the club still spend money and every time they spend money, they've got the wrong players or the players haven't got the right attitude and then players get a deal and they're not happy. I mean, there's that whole mixed bag of honey like Fruit Loops happening now. Then you've got other clubs that are there and there about that you think that could do well, that aren't doing well. Newcastle, fantastic stuff. But the shock, the question that I really want to pose, that getting people thinking, could Spurs win the Premier League after selling Harry Kane? Now, help, like, don't jump at me. This is serious. This is a serious question. Could Spurs win the Premier League after selling Harry Kane? It's possible. I mean, they look like they know how to defend. They look like they know how to score goals. There's no fuss about the team. There's no drama. The manager seems no-nonsense, plain speaking, very simple, and doesn't deal with histrionics. There's that. So consider that. And the other question for the team that has spent a shed load of money, and I'm not talking about Liverpool and all of the others, Manchester United fans are probably thinking, what's going on with the Spurs manager? He hasn't complained about anything. He's had to deal with the fact that he's lost his best player. And the chairman hasn't given him anything in terms of the players that he's asked for. Not that we know anything about who he's asked for. So when you talk about what could happen and you listen to the mainstream media, who normally talk up those clubs all the time, like Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, etc., Liverpool, could Spurs actually do it with a manager who's not demanding anything, who hasn't spoken out and said, I'm not happy at the fact that I've lost my best player. And at the same time, he's got a team and a bunch of players who are actually playing for him. And there's no moaning. I mean, what could happen? Food for thought. Place your bets now. Roll up, roll up. That's all I'm going to say. Roll up, roll up. So in terms of the roundup of football, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. This is On and Off The Pitch Podcast. I'm Rodney Cyrus. And I'm going to say... Until next time, I'll see you later. Bye for now. Welcome 